0: Welcome to episode 309 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 309 of I Am Talk with Kurt John Yusom, Biven James Oz. How you going, mate?
1: I am sensational How are you Bevan?
0: I'm very echoey I'm in this room We've been sorry for like The last half an hour To get the show recorded And internet just keeps dying And the only place That seems to work Is this echoey room So sorry I've got a bit Of an echo today But I can't do much about it I, th- I think you can
1: do One thing about it You can maybe talk less Oh thanks mate Thanks There you go There <laughs> you <laughs> go Feeling the
0: love i talk is Proudly brought to you by
1: Coffeesofway.com <laughs> The world's taste
0: yes, coffee Athlinks.com. Social networking For endurance athletes
1: and extreme endurance Just
0: get on it, get faster right, Guys on this week's show we've got some news, we've got an age group of the week We've got a website of the week, coach's corner on what mate?
1: We've just got a couple of random rants and also a question in from the skivvy burglar
0: Nice and we've got a few questions and answers at the end So first of all we've got some news, started. we've just had our first couple Man. Well not the first couple Man, but a couple Man happening over the weekend We have the Urban Group, Ironman Australia and then St George and where's, where's St George John? That would be in, what, California? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you upset a lot of people last week by getting that one wrong.
1: Goodness sake. It's in Utah, I know that. But, I mean, uh, hey, we don't live in America. My, my American geography, I think, is, is okay for someone from New Zealand. But it's, uh, I did get caught up last week, and I, and I was wrong, and I apologize being wrong. Ironman St. George is in Utah, not Texas.
0: Uh, okay. Okay, so I Australia. Let's talk about that one first.
1: Paul Ambrose from Team Abu Dhabi dominated the dojo. He was first out of the swim in 46.18. He was first off the bike, and he rode a 4.31, and he was... First at the end of the race when he ran a 2.57 so did the damage on the bike really and uh, came home in 8.17 for a 4 minute victory over Tim Burkle who came home with a 2.47 marathon so pretty solid and Jason Shortest, good old super vet Jason Shortest at the age of 42 came home in 8.40 so another 19 minutes back. Leon Griffin was in 4th and then we started hitting the age groupers and Matt Burton was the first age grouper in 8:57.10, 10 so very he's in the 18 to 24 age group, so uh, nice racing by him. We did get
0: some feedback on the race before we talk about the chicks about the fact that it did seem like a pretty second-tier race now. Sarah Walker sent us an email, and it was a pretty critical email. She,
1: oh, she was she was not happy with the day.
0: <laughs> no, she wasn't at all, was she? But she was saying that basically there's only 220 females, and it seemed more like an age group race and, and like a group race than necessarily a, a
1: typical strong pro Ironman race. Mm. So um, uh, we're going to see more and more of this because you've got your top tier races, your regional championships, then you've sort of got your next tier of races which have maybe got a a pretty solid pro field. You know, your, your two thousand point races or the ones that have sort of fifty or seventy five thousand dollars prize money, and then these this is now a third tier Ironman race, and you're going to get you know pro field uh, is going to be the be be like that because especially when it's in Australia, it's a long distance for comes to comes. So you're going to see um, guys like Jason Shortis in there. You're going to see development athletes in there or locals. Um, but you know, why would a um, uh, you know an aspiring pro athlete uh, from Europe or or um, America come over to pay all the money to come to Australia when even if they win, they probably only just cover their sort of costs. So. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. They've got Ironman Melbourne now, so they've got that's really going to be the marquee race for Australia. And uh, these other ones are going to, you know, they, they serve a purpose. You know, they still get big fields, and um, and it's a place for the, the development athletes to try to start to accumulate some points and, and make, at least make some prize money. Mm, mm, okay, so on the girl side of things. Michelle Mitchell dominated the dojo there by 10 minutes. She was uh, 51.48 out of the swim, 5.29 on the bike, so pretty close <clears> with Nicole Ward, who was in second, but she powered away with a 3.08 marathon, and she won in 9.34. Uh, second was Nicole Ward in 9.44, and Hilary Biscay was third in 9.58. And the first age grouper was, oh, I'm going to stumble here, Kim... Jenk she was uh, in the 35 to 39 age group and she did 10 h as 4th female overall and 1st age group and nice work yeah it's pretty awesome and then we go to
0: Ironman St George and it looks like it must have been a pretty tough day at the office because the guys winner did a 907
1: I don't know much about the race what happened it was uh, it was very tough conditions. I had a guy that I coach uh, was was racing, and I, so I flicked onto the the Ironman coverage, and uh, and I just saw the bit of the swim, and it looked pretty choppy in the swim. Um, you know, some some really slow swim times out there. Some of the front pro guys times were were okay, but I think across the board you saw some pretty slow um, swim times. The bike course was apparently um, very, very windy and it was was an incredibly challenging bike course as it is but you throw the wind into that and it made it even more challenging and the run course at this race is also challenging. So Ben Hoffman took it out in, uh, again, convincing fashion by by killing it on the run. He did 9.07. He's a pretty good athlete. He won Ironman St. George. No, not Ironman. He won Ironman St. George this year, but he won. Did he, like- did he win it when it was in Texas? Yeah, one of the texts that changes year, changes uh, state from year to year. Um, he won placid last year, I think, or he's won placid before. So he, he's he's a good athlete, and, and Mike Twelsick was in second, and he's uh, he's a good athlete as well. So I think those times really reflect not necessarily that the field was uh, abysmal, but more that it was a, as a very tough day at the office. But he just killed it on the run. He re- only ran a three oh one, but. Um, you know, that's, he won by around about 17 minutes or so from make 12 sick. So he just pulled away from him a little bit at the end of the bike ride uh, and then uh, crushed it on the run. Mm. And then the girl side of things? Oh, who group, got third? Uh, Axel Zebrook, who was oh, actually yeah. my, my pick to do very, very well. Um, but also on, the, on the, the age group side, I think first age group there was Chuck Sloan in 10 hours and 2 seconds. Here we gutted he didn't oh, go over 10 hours. Yeah. And the girls, as I predicted last week, Meredith Kessler, um, you know, I was surprised that she wasn't seeded higher on old Torsten's ratings, but she uh, she crushed everybody by a good 25 minutes. Um, she swam 52 and she rode a 557 and ran a 318 for a 1012. And next was uh, 1037, um, was Jessie Donovan and Danielle. Kehoe was a third female and she was the first age group, because that's pretty awesome to be third overall, and she was in 10.45. Oh, that's
0: interesting. Okay, good. Well, then, uh, good old Neil Scholes sent through an email. He's been helping our, helping our girl called Laura Timble and she managed to win her age group as well, so she's pretty stoked that she's off to Kona, so loving it.
1: Nice. So that's a, that's the last Iron Man St. George. Um, so next year it's going to be a 70.3, and well, I think the timing for a lot of athletes is going to be fantastic to do a nice, challenging 70.3 if they're preparing for, say, a Cord Lane or Placid or, or another mid-season Ironman. Um, it's just it's a bit of a shame when you see these really tough, challenging days, uh, Ironman days. They're going to be disappearing, and we just hope that we don't um, go down the path of having lots and lots of easy courses. And and the you know, if Ironman make the decision that hey, we don't want to put on challenging challenging Ironman's when we might not necessarily sell out in uh, in thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what does that say about us as athletes if we don't want beautiful courses and easy courses? Exactly. Right. So, I mean, we, we all chase the times to to a degree, but I think um I think you know. I don't know, for me anyway, um, I mean of course you and I chase the the time by going to rote, That's an awesome course and um, it's not just about uh, it's an awesome event, not just about the course, which is another reason I'll, I want to do it but for me now, if I was going to go to other Ironmans, you know, time would be less important and um, and the type of event it was going to be would be would be more important for me mm. Okay, so we also had 70.3, and we don't normally talk about it, but it's Croy and obviously
0: Lance racing, so let's talk about it
1: Yeah, so uh, he put on a good performance but Andy Potts, he um, had a nice well-paced race, you know. I think the one th- thing this year is we're just getting pounded by the weather because St. Croix is, you know, typically you're thinking right it's going to be hot and humid and um, just carnage out there. But apparently they had uh, horrendous rain um, in the lead up to the race and, and I think during the race as well. And you know, we're just talking about St. George, the weather there was um, was pretty challenging. We had Ironman New Zealand, the weather was challenging. We had uh, South Africa, where the weather was challenging. So um, crazy old world. Out there, but anyway, Andy Potts he uh he, he crushed it on the run, came home, it was pretty close racing. He uh, came home in a 119, and uh, of course, he led out of the swim and, uh, and put in a pretty solid bike time. Lance Armstrong, um, really great swim by him again, 25.50, so he's um, a minute 20 down on Stefan Poulet and, and Andy Potts, but they're two of the very best swimmers in the, the sport. You know, Armstrong came out with Terenzo Bazzoni, who's, who's a great swimmer, and Frederick Van Laird, so he's nailing his swim, and it sounded like he pushed clear a bit towards the end of the bike, and he was first off the bike, but... Um, he only ran a 1.25, which sounds slow, but when you compare it to the other run times, is isn't that bad. You know, he lost six minutes to Potts, but it sounded like a lot of that was in the, um, the latter stages of the run. You know, he only lost sort of five minutes to like a Terenzo and, uh, and ran the same time as Freddie Van Laird. So, um, you know, I think it was uh, a good solid performance by him. And uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know much about the race, so he did try to get away on the bike? He did get away on the bike and uh, Stephen Poulet stayed with him. Uh, I think he was pretty close with him at the top, top of the beast. I'm not quite sure what stage of the bike race that, that is, but I think he had about a two two to three minute lead coming off the bike and apparently he held it together really well on the run. Um, but Andy Potts nailed sort of the last third of the run and really um, put a few nails in the coffin then. And I think Lance Armstrong sounds like he faded a bit at that stage as well. Well, just to quickly talk about the girls, what happened in the girls' race? Angela Neath is, is just killing everybody this year. Um, she came home in 4.28 to 1 by 5 minutes over Mary Beth Alice and Sarah Gross. So, pretty pretty good field there. And um, incidentally, she ran a, a one twenty five as well and 17 seconds. So, she was only 10 seconds behind Lance Armstrong. So, that's the girl side of things.
0: Okay, just one other thing this week in Lance, John. Lance Armstrong got be- beaten by a nurse. Did you hear about this? I did. uh, I didn't read the the story. I saw the headline, but I didn't read about it. She got beaten by a nurse in a 50-metre kick race in a swimming pool, John. This is riveting news. $50,000 for charity. Obviously, I think Mary Eggers is her name. She challenged him to a race somewhere in Buffalo, I think it was, or at the University of Buffalo, and raised $50,000, and they had a kick-off race, and she managed to take him out.
1: Right, yep.
0: and there's a big, big article if you want to read it. It's yep, it's like he's won the Tour de France, and the Buffalo So we'll put a link to that in our show notes. I'm sure everyone will be going there and reading it straight away.
1: Even I want, I want to, I want to vote to be put out there because okay. there's different differing opinions on Lance Armstrong and whether he's a good thing for the sport or not. And I'm I'm very much wavering a bit on. You know, I totally understand all the good things he's doing, um, and understand that he's putting. A spotlight on triathlon that we wouldn't have seen before, but I'm just a little uneasy about it. I'm wonder- I-, I want to put a vote on Facebook, Bevan. I want to, I want to put a vote out there. Pe- do people want this this week in Lance, or whatever you call your special feature? John, you're not um, taking show. away this week in Lance with we- no the listeners. I'm not taking away anything, Bevan. We, I think we need <laughs> to give the listeners the opportunity to-, to 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 put their their voice in here and let them know if they they like all this highlight on Lance, or rather, we'd just like to include him in the news when when he's racing um, but whether we want it as a weekly occurrence so we're going to put a vote on Facebook Well John
0: I'm, I'm vetoing your vote because the thing is I'm trying to take the piss out of the fact that everyone gives him so much hard time <laughs> like, like, sorry I'm vetoing your vote it's dead. Anyway next race um,
1: Wildflower happening the Avia Wildflower Just, just keep, keep an eye on Facebook everybody um, <laughs> I wanted to bring this up because it, um, you know, this is one of the, the iconic races of, of the year in terms of triathlon. It um, doesn't get the coverage of an Ironman race or a challenge race because uh, there's so much else going on, but this is one of the real races has been around a long time and a lot of legends have done the race and uh, we want to make sure it stays in the, the limelight a bit. So um, Jesse Thomas took it out for the second year in a row from the old Rapster who had a really good race and uh, James Canana are in third place, and um, the girls so I think Heather Jackson set a new course record in 426, winning from Lindsay Corbin and Magalie Tesseri. So uh, good to see the uh, wildflower race still going strong.
0: Okay, so coming up uh, this weekend, we've got Iron Cat in Spain. Haven't really heard much about this race. Tell me about it.
1: Fairly small race, but I just have, I always check out these ones on k two two six com. So it's got a uh, it's a swim in the the Nautic Harbor of somewhere in Spain, somewhere up I think it's up near towards Barcelona. Um, the five lap bike course and the run is a mix of asphalt and earth, consisting of three loops according to the website. Um, but last year I was looking, they had one hundred and fifty finishes. It's been around since two thousand and four, and last year the first guy went eight forty two. So wow. um, often often we talk about these smaller races and you know the first guy might have gone you know 10 and a half or something but 842 and there was a couple of other guys that were were pretty fast as well so i was quite impressed
0: go the iron cat go okay iron uh, challenge wrote has been announced and uh well some of their pros and timo park looks like he's gonna be taking on cam brown which is good it's interesting looking at the pro field in this race because traditionally wrote gets a lot of pros and this
1: year it doesn't seem to be they're getting so many does it I think they, they have a deep field of second-tier athletes when, when they're there. I remember when, when we raced there, they had you know a couple of rock stars, but what I think they're always, you know, what they need to try to do is have two or three headline acts, and they're going to have to pay them to get them there because, uh, you know, they're going to get more, the pros are generally going to get more exposure through the, the WTC races. So um, I think this is, this is great to see, and it should be a really interesting battle to see Timo Brank versus Cameron Brown. They're both, very, very similar athletes and you know, they've both got a strong run leg. Um, they're both just a little bit weak in the swim, so they probably will come out of the swim fairly close you'd expect. And um, and they're both good, steady, strong bike riders. And I'm sure what Cam Brown will be excited about is to give that eight-hour barrier another crack because he was, what, f- a couple of yeah, seconds out yeah. in uh, in Melbourne and he hasn't been to, to rope before that I can remember. So I think it's a golden opportunity for him to sort of uh, to, to get that sub sub eight and really cement himself as um well, I, mean, I think he's already has cemented himself as the best Ironman athlete New Zealand's ever produced but it'll be nice to have on his uh, resume a, a sub eight hour race so I think that could could be really interesting and then also Lothar leader and Jurgen Zach are back to uh are back to race so that's going to be a great battle of the the super vets and uh, on the girls side I think um bit like cam i'm really interested to see how rachel joyce goes on a fast course i think she's definitely the clear favorite you've got Sonia teich there bit Keat and, and gina ferguson uh, gina crawford but um joyce has uh has had a pretty outstanding year so i'm going to be quite excited to see how fast she can go on on um on a course and and see how her times sort of stack up against chrissy's
0: okay good times rocket roll your itu update what's happening
1: Oh it's a big week Bevan it's I'm so excited
0: week. I haven't <laughs> slept at all Yep no, I'm so excited
1: <laughs> So this weekend the, the, this, the World Triathlon Series Heads back to the States um, With the race in San Diego And it's actually going to be held In Mission Bay Which is where the first triathlon um, According to history sort of ever held So that's going to be interesting And uh, it looks like it could be A bit of a Boring bike course. So I just looked at the course map. I didn't have a profile on there, but it's looking to me like it might be a flat course, unless there's some big hills around there. But it looked, um, it looked like a, an eight-lap bike course, just going up some little highway and back. So, hopefully, um, I might be wrong, and there might be some hills in there. But Jonathan Brownlee's probably the guy to to watch on the girls, and Helen Jenkins on the um on the, on the girls side of things. But interestingly, for the Americans, this is basically their last selection race, and for a lot of countries, it's going to be their last race. Um before they make, name all their Olympic teams. So uh, Macker's racing, so going to be his, uh, his chance to really stake his claim. It sounds like, I listened to an interview with him the other day, that it's really down to four guys now for the Aussie team. They've already selected one. Um, when Courtney Atkinson, it sounds like uh, uh, Sexton is, is probably a, a more or less a shoe-in for the second slot, but it sounds like it's between Macker and Courtney Atkinson for the fourth slot, so I guess he's got a 50-50 chance of making it. So does it really just come down to this race? I would imagine so, you know, they've got to make sure that they get three spots but um who knows, the Aussie select they can they can do whatever they want. Um, I think the, the smart money would probably be on Courtney Atkinson, but I think Mac is if he had an amazing race, and at this race, you know, the, the field is just a little bit weaker than um, than what you might ordinarily see in a World Triathlon Series race. There's, there's not many Germans there, there's not um, both the Brownleys, there's no Gomez, so the door is a, bit, a little bit ajar for um, some people to sort of maybe have a bit of a blinder, so... Who knows? Never say never. I'd be putting my money on Courtney Atkinson to get the slot. But if Mecca had, you know, a top 10 or, you know, maybe even a top five or something like that, then um, that could potentially change things a bit for him. Does the flat course work to his disadvantage? Because obviously Mecca wants a course that's
0: a bit harder on the bike, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, um, I think he's, uh, it's, it's got to be pretty hard for, for, the, for guys to, to really get away on the bike and, and put big, big time gaps in. But I, I think one thing with Macker is you know, if he if he breaks off the front of the bike course the, the 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 guys that are really um, looking for the win, the likes of Jonathan Brownlee and the guys that are really fast runners, they're probably not going to be too stressed about letting someone like Macca go because they yeah. know they'll be able to outrun him by at least a minute to you know potentially up to two minutes, um, but I'd probably say more sort of a minute to minute and a half. So they're, they're, they'll probably be happy to give him a little bit of slack. Um, so I think he, he just need to get a few allies up uh, allies up the road and. Who knows? You know, guys have broken away on flat courses before. Obviously, it's easier on a hilly course, but um, you never know. And the other ITU news for this week is uh, the mixed relay has been added to the Commonwealth Games. That could be quite interesting and, and um, hopefully that makes its way to the Olympics come uh, come Rio time.
0: Hey guys, I'm going to have a Facebook um, vote this week about John's ITU <laughs> update.
1: Happy to, happy to put that one to a vote. Happy anyway, to put it to a sponsors! Vote. So um, A few people raced Ironman St George at the weekend as we talked about and one of the new features on Athlinks is that you can put your unofficial results up there. So I did a quick search for for Ironman St George and it had up there that uh, 20 20 people sort of added that to their their calendar that they were going to be racing up there but only one person has taken advantage of this, this new feature and that was Christopher White and he's put his unofficial result up there 14 hours, 34 minutes and 20 seconds, so outstanding effort, Christopher, on what sounds like it was a ridiculously challenging day, and uh, yeah, so this this feature, basically, pretty cool, the results always take a little while to come out, the official results, once all the, you know, the things have been smoothed out, you know, the tracking times are often, uh, often do change a bit from what the official results are, so what you can do is if you add events to your calendar, um, as ones that you've got. Got, um, that are coming up then straight after the race you can go on there and you can just put up your unofficial time so you can show that off to the world and so make sure you take advantage of that on com. good times rock
0: and roll okay hot topic of the week is a, was a big one this week actually we had two topics who will win Kona in 2015 and then um, if you were a government and you could change one law that had to be implemented to make people healthier what would you do so you want to start with your ones John
1: James Botel, he thinks Julie Dibbons is going to win the race in 2015. Don't know about that. Um, As for the law, you pay for your own health care if your body fat is above 20% for men and 25% for women. You can't legislate how people maintain their bodies, but you can if they don't.
0: Oh, hotel he's got the incredible Hulkers' picture at the moment right now and the old school eighties one which I'm loving. But cigarette bans and reduced tax for fit people who don't use um health services. Um and the Conan's one will be Alberto Contador and Natasha badass. So <laughs>
1: Quite a few people seem to have their uh, their, their two cents worth on cigarettes. Uh, Jeff the Explosion Curry, compulsory minimum of three hours per week sport for kids at all ages in schools. And Kona 25, Tim Don and Jodie Swallow, or Chrissy if she is back. Tim Don potential, I think. Jodie Swallow, she doesn't seem to be able to hold it together without getting injured uh, for for the sign distance stuff, from what I can see. But she is uh, somebody who could could do the business.
0: Cameron Harper doesn't want to talk politics. He just was Kona 2015.
1: Bevan Doherty It's not going to happen, Cam. I don't think Bevan's got the temperament for Kona. You don't think he is. I think he has I think he's got the ability but I don't know if he's got the temperament um, Melissa Uri in Kona 2015 Mel Rollinson and Tim O'Donnell nice choices she's a machine runner Tim O'Donnell you know last first year was uh, I can't remember what he did no last year was his first year and he uh, he DNF'd after we interviewed him and talked him up um, <laughs> but uh, definitely two good choices there I think and um, like in London, have have big costs for cars and cities. Take away the idea that achievements need to be celebrated with alcohol, reduce the cost of fresh fruit and veggies, and increase the cost of fatty foods. And a cultural change, um, this issue won't be solved with quick fix. It needs to be modelled in people and government and other positions of power so people realise it's what you need to do instead of being told what you have to do.
0: Fair enough. Paul Nelson's got uh, tax-heavy processed food and junk food, used the money to supplement the lower costs of fruit and veggies. And then number two, Ray Lurt in Wellington. He reckons Christy will obviously make his comeback. The challenged
1: 2011 winners. Nice. Uh, Ian Tanner, Ironman finishes, uh, get a tax rebate from the government, collect <laughs> from all those that can't get to a predetermined beep test levels and adjust for age, of course. Nice.
0: Nice. Gareth Hill's got no GST on gym membership, zero tax on fresh fruits and fruit that has less than three grams of fat or low sugar. Uh, this can be subsidised by higher tax on processed foods. Brownlee to win, Alistair Brownlee to win 2015.
1: Nice. Free, free gym membership. What do you think about that, Bevan? Good for my industry. <laughs> yeah. Ned Phillips for of 25, Alistair Brownlee for the ladies, Emma Snowsill for the girls. Interesting choice. Um, one law, it's about the kids. Stop them eating crap, start them playing outside more so when they grow up they get it. The law would be that your grades at PE are as important as your grades and studies when it comes to applying for higher education.
0: Okay, Tony Hodges is banning private car ownership and replacing this uh, – uh, resulting in surplus car lanes and separate bike paths. Terenzo Butzoni to win Kona in
1: 2015. Interesting. Hopefully he will have got, might, might have got one before then. Uh, Rasmus Svensson. He was just saying Lisa Norden, which is uh, she's shown herself to be very good at the non-drafting ITU races and has got a pretty well well round sort of uh, performance. So yes, a possibility.
0: Okay, my last one is Lucy
1: Francis, and she's got
0: prescribed exercise instead of pills. where appropriate. <coughs> uh, the medical professionals uh, too dependent on or sponsored by drugs. Oh, we're getting controversial here, John, <laughs> to take that approach. And for Kona, she's got Carolyn, Stephen, and Mecca, as I'm sure he'll be back.
1: Mecca, 2015. Come on, he'll be. How
0: yeah, old would he uh, be I think. I think you can't say too old by that stage.
1: <laughs> I think he probably safely can. Or you would say he is if if he came if somebody wins Kona. So what he was. Uh, he must he'll be, what, about 43 by then or so? You know, 42, 43. That would be incredibly impressive.
0: Well, Dave Scott was 42 when he came second, wasn't he? Yes. So. Slightly
1: different era back then, um, but still amazing performance. But mm. to go out there and win it would be uh, would be incredible. Bevan, what's your tax idea?
0: Well, you know what? i I, I actually totally different from everyone else. I don't think the government should tax behaviours at all. But I think the government's role in... I actually wrote a really good, well, I I think it's good, (laughs) a good piece on taxing fizzy drinks and how I actually think it's bad because I think that we need our personal choices in life. And if you want to drink, fair enough. But I think what the government's role should be is to educate and also restrict lying. So if we look at marketing, you know, most marketing is lying if we look at, you know, around food. And so if you're going to, you know, market food, that actually we need to be hearing the right messages around what we're eating and all the rest of it. So if I were to have one law, it would be around marketing and then to better education of the choices we make. But I don't think we should say, because the thing is if you tax behaviours, where does that level stop? Because if you look at our sport, we all do a sport that kills our bodies long term. And so we're going to cost the health system a lot in the long run, even though you can look and say it's a positive thing. And so... I'll put my link to my, the piece I wrote, and it's a bit more kind of detailed, and you can see my argument. But I don't actually think the government should be taxing any behaviours, so I'm quite liberal on that way.
1: I think my, mine would be similar it's based on education so not necessarily having a tax but you'd have a budget that goes to nutrition and cooking classes for students we're in New Zealand I don't know if this is common around the world and I don't even know if it still happens We, when you're at primary school which is sort of our lowest school when you're like 11 and 12 you go off to manual I presume you went off to manual Bevan and you yep. have like one term where you do sort of cooking and one term where you sort of do woodwork and, and you have another term where you do do something else and then, then it seems to stop and I think for me it's all about Educating um, kids all the way through school, not just primary school, but if you had uh, cooking classes or um, nutritional I don't know, education classes all the way through school, then hopefully by the get to get to adulthood, at least they have half a clue about um, about nutrition. I think it'd be very, you know, we we go on, oh, everybody's got to exercise, you got to do this, this, and this, but I think the reality is, there's just a lot of people out there that don't necessarily want to exercise, and I think don't need hold a gun to their head um, to do that. So that's sort of my not necessarily a tax, but a budget allowance to have more education in school. Okay, John, what about 15? And I think in 15, I'm going to go for Nicola Spirig. um, She's from Switzerland and she wins sort of World Cup races. She often gets sort of top, threes top fives at, at uh, World Championship Series races, but she's very strong on the bike, uh, and she's got a well balanced race. and I think she might go long, so that's that's my pick. and She's coached by Brett Sutton as well, or at least used to be. I'm not sure if she still is. So I think she's a, she's a good pick if she goes long. I think on the guys side of things, I'm going with Chris Schemel from New Zealand. Oh, you reckon a girl, I mean. Yeah, pretty sure he will. He'll definitely go to halves next year, and uh, it depends if he does it. Yeah, you know, we, we know with Cony, you, you generally need to have a couple of years under your belt. But he's a pretty—he's—he um, likes to talk a lot. He's a bit, bit, bit of a bit of a man. always he's cut out. Yep. But he's also someone who who's quite um, smart with regards. To- He's quite smart with regards to his his tactical racing, and I think he'd he sort of understand how Kona works pretty quickly. And he's quite good mates with um with the Rayloop brothers, so he's been over to Kona a couple of times and sort of know can sort of see how the how the race goes. He's my pick. And and the other the other alternative I had for the uh, for the um, the tax thing is to do a combined BMI and beep test. And if you don't meet a strict standard, you're not allowed to eat for a week, or you have to go on an education course.
0: Or, or if you can get above a certain standard, you get. Tech- free for the rest of your life There you go <laughs> I don't know I, th- I think Chrissy will be back And I think she'll take it out For the girls oh, It's a big call. Oh come cold. on She's not gone from the <laughs> sport I guarantee Chrissy will come back To Kona at some stage um, And then On the guys side of things See I don't know the ITU world that much So I kind of just tend to think People like Ray Lurt And that you know Ray and he's still pretty young yep. And so you think he's got Another couple of years under his belt You know And so I'll,
1: I'll probably go with Ray Lurt yeah, he would be he would be high on my list as well. Yeah, mm. we've got to think it's only it's three years away, which you know, you think, Oh goodness, there's gonna be all this new blood coming through but you know, you see how long guys like Macca and Peter Reed and um, Tim DeBoom and a lot of these guys, you know, they they stick around a long time and it often does take them a few years to to get it. You know, Crow was probably the exception. He came in and, and started doing extremely well quickly. Um, and some of the ITU guys could potentially do that, but um Yeah, I don't think we need to. I think I don't think there's going to be massive wholesale changes come 2015 in terms of the top 10. Mm,
0: Okay, then um, hot topic this week. So we've got Peter Colson sent through this one. Dream race that you could do anywhere in the world, excluding Kona. So you can just what race? If you know, you could just leave the family. You could just don't worry about entry fees, about travel or anything. You can just rock on up to this race and have the most amazing experience. So what is the dream race for you? There you go okay. I can't put music on. So age, age. grouper of the week, Grooper of the week. Okay, and this is totally brought to you by SLS Try and Andrew House sent through this one, and it's you want to read it because I'm too echoey.
1: Okay, Jan Carlos. He's uh, from Australia. Um, I can't remember where Jan is. from. Juan, not Jan. Juan Carlos. Jan. And he. he um,
0: is, is, it, or, a, or is it
1: Juan? No, it's Juan.
0: Is it's it Juan? Juan? Is it okay. Juan?
1: Juan. Yeah. Juan. Andrew House um, sent through sent through his race report, which wasn't a, a sort of public race report. It was it was more a race report that he sent to all his, his mates. And uh, and he says, yeah, Juan Carlos's race report says it all. You might want to highlight some key bits out of it, which I've done. Thank you, Andrew. But it's well worth a read. As Juan is an amazing bloke. I would like to add to this race report the following points. Um, he will go out of his way to help all and anyone with advice and is the most generous guy you could ever meet. And just to put a little asterisk next to this, he also offered to help us out with um, with designing a, a website for when we were starting our Legends of Tri site. We ended up just using sort of a, a the, the company we were already using, but he offered to, to give oh, up some time he, to do oh, that, cool. so it was good on him. Um, he set up a Facebook group called Atomic 26, which is well worth joining if you're a tri-junkie. He's known as the Human Cannonball cannibal because uh, due to his ability to not let anyone break away in training um, he will physically kill himself no matter what the purpose of his session to give it all. Um, only wants to go to Kona to eat Tex-Mex so nice. I, 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 I scanned through his race report and it was, uh, it, was it was pretty lengthy um, but it had a bit of entertainment in it but I think one of the reasons why he's a, he's a worthy age group of the week is really the introduction to his race report. So two and a half years ago Mia um, and I signed up and trained for Ironman Japan two weeks out it was cancelled Um, I was gutted then a year later we signed up and trained hard for Ironman China Again, two weeks out, it was cancelled. Poor bugger. Words do not do justice how we felt after two winters of training in the dark because they're Aussies and those are mid-season races. Um, I dealt with this by signing up for Ironman New Zealand in March 2012. Later, oh no. in, later in the year, I got caught up in the hype and also signed up for Ironman Melbourne, which was just three weeks after Ironman New Zealand. Good so move. As, as we discussed, Ironman New Zealand was blown off and ended up being 70.3, so that meant one rolled around for um, for Melbourne and probably pretty good nick. You know, it's just a few weeks after I Ironman New Zealand and it would have been a total different story had I uh, Ironman New Zealand been a fool. Uh, and so I just pulled out a couple of highlights. He said the swim, the usual water wrestling match started. I knew Melbourne swim would be a shit fight. Oz swimmers are all guns and trying to follow the fast pack um, would be a disaster. I relaxed and swam on the shoulder. Onto the bike... <clears throat> And in the first 300 metres, some rock star decides to crash on a roundabout. How? <laughs> no. <Nine. laughs> uh, later later aid station before town at 80 k's, and I line up to grab a bottle. The guy in front makes a complete mess of it and stacks it at 35 to 40 k's an hour. Um, as I'm about to reach a bottle, I see right in front of me my race disappearing. Kaboom! A loud squeal from the guy. In a split second, I'm heading towards a bike and a body skidding. a Squeeze in between the guy, water bottle bike, and the volunteer who thankfully stood still. So he just managed to avoid another disaster on the bike. And then the run, um, he was uh, battling a bit on the run at stages, but he said, I was tempted to look back on the run, the long stretches, but also made a point of never looking back no energy was to be wasted turning my neck anyway Um, on the last 300 metres I ran past some guy I turned to him and apologised as I ran past in my books that would be a bit cruel but he was in automatic pilot mode so the key thing about um, Juan's race was he smoked it with a 918 he said it was by far his most painful but fun he'd ever had in a race he swam a 5913 he biked 454 and then he ran a 320 for a 918 which got him a Kona slot.
0: Oh, nice. Good work. Well, we missed out on three races, but he gets to go to Kona, so I'm pretty sure he'll be pretty
1: happy with that. Exactly. So, Juan, we're expecting you to pack your wetsuit when you come over to to Kona, and I'm I'm echoing this to everybody who sends us emails about Kona. You need to bring your wetsuit over (laughs) and do... The Blue Seventy Aquathon Wetsuit Challenge.
0: Well, <laughs> John sent me an email this week. I got this
1: email. Oh, no, that that was meant to go to that was I sent that to the person who sent the email as well. Oh,
0: I thought it was to me. I get this email no. from John. Make sure you pack your wetsuit for Kona. I'm like, mate, it's, it's six months away. <laughs>
1: no, that was somebody else who qualified oh. for Kona. Um, I thought it was oh, you, no, keen no. mate. She was going to Kona She's coming up with our nicknames. She was going to Kona with her husband And, uh, and I said make sure you bring your wetsuit Because we want as many people in the Aquathon challenge this year <laughs> I, just
0: thought, I just thought it was directed It did make me smile yes, So let's try Tell me about it John
1: well I've got to tell you I've got to give you a warning Bevan Just give me a warning a, John another, another window yep. um, this is a warning for everybody if you're going to sls try um, you need to type in slstry.com because try, try type again sls.com and you go to a slightly different website
0: I'm at work right now but I'll do it let's have a look oh, shit.
1: SLS, sls.com okay,
0: well, so, does it go to porn John because I've got people behind me looking at my computer not, no it doesn't go to porn oh that's alright then it's not even coming up but you keep talking.
1: Okay. So Swing Lifestyle. <laughs> Start your sexual revolution. It's basically a swingers website. So, um, if you want to connect up with Bubbles100458, if you're looking for a no-drama couple who loves to have fun and play, you found it. We've made so many new friends with benefits through SLS. Check out our profile and give us a shout if you're interested.
0: I've got a couple from San Antonio, Texas couple. <laughs> He's straight, but she's by furious <laughs> Maybe I should stop right there. But ACL, it's ACLU. ACLU, Swingers Lifestyle. Swing, swing lifestyle. There you
1: go. It's .com. a bubble... Bubbles 1 and one one zero zero four their They're swingers. I've been swinging since uh, the seven, 17th of uh, September 2007. There you go. So they're experienced. The guy's the guy, the guy sitting there in his beautiful leather pants with a gold chain around his neck. It's classic. <laughs> but anyway, um, if you want your try gear, make sure you go to com. The try is important. The try is important. And uh, I've got a full range of apparel. And one thing I was going to point out to listeners, because, you know, the compression socks sometimes we've got a bit of a you know they're a bit of a fashion statement these days they used to used to look like a dick when you put them on but these days it's a bit of a fashion statement and they've got these very cool for, for girls or if, if the guys yeah, they are, are really cool. that, that way inclined so they've got these new blue ones the butterfly compression socks so they're, they're they're light blue with a little bit of white on the heel and they've got butterflies on them you know, they uh, they're not they're, they're looking they're looking good so there's a full range of stuff you've got your, your racing apparel you've got your compression stuff they've got some cool colors in there um, what I like about compression gear is, uh, and all the SLS gear is, they've sort of got that stitching on the outside, which I quite like. Look of so, um, check it all out. Use the code IMtalk, um and you get a nice, healthy discount at SLStry.com. And Sebastian was saying he was loving the fact that St George, um, you know, a few listeners came up and said they they uh, heard about it on the show. So he like the sponsors love that sort of stuff. And I think from memory, I think he's going to be at San Diego this weekend.
0: Oh, great oh check it out because it's nice gear and with the with the discount code guys you're in for a bit of a bargain so go to slstry.com although I'm mm. sure a few of you will go on to com right now just to check it out yeah <laughs> maybe you could open your mind up to a new world There <laughs> we go exactly <laughs> okay John you have to do your intro here
1: Coach's Corner. So the Skivvy Burglar. um, Send this in, Ian the Skivvy Burglar. um, He said, Dear Coach John Newsom, a Coach's Corner question for IM Talk. After three years of racing Ironman, Challenge Wanaka was my last Iron distance for a while with a number of reasons. Reaffirming friendships and relationships, spending more normal time with my girlfriend and focusing on my career. I'm really struggling with the transition from all the the all-encompassing training of Ironman to something more manageable whilst remaining competitive in my age group i know it's about managing intensity versus duration ensuring each training session has a focus but what tips can you provide to manage this transition i'm sure i'm not the only one struggling with a similar thing cheers the Skibby burglar and um i think bevan and i can can sort of certainly empathize with your with your cause there because we've gone through, through sort of similar transitions of late and um I think that one thing I often say is it's really a lot more challenging and, and what I feel more difficult to, to actually learn to be fast than it is to go long. So I think, you know, you've got to view that as a challenge. You know, don't think, well, I've just always got to go long and it's got to be an endurance fest. So I really think it's a, it's a massive challenge to actually set yourself some goals to actually go fast. And, uh, and I'd, I'd encourage people if they are looking to make a big change like this is um, – right sometimes people just step down to half ironmans and the reality is with a half ironman for most working athletes the training is pretty similar yeah it is yep you know of course you don't have to do those really long rides and the really long runs and some of the really long bricks but monday through friday you know your weekly volume is probably going to be pretty similar and it's just your weekends are going to be a bit different so i'd really encourage people if they're looking to make this change is actually go short course rather than half ironmans and actually try to get really fast over sprints and um And throw some Olympics as well so I think that would probably be one one piece of advice I'd have um another thing to 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 really challenge yourself as well is to probably race more often you know with Ironman athletes and half Ironman athletes we tend not to race um that frequently um but I would say race more often and, and again that creates more challenges and puts you in more competitive environment more often and uh and just gets you, gives you a bit more of a, a buzz on a more regular basis if, if motivation is, if you are struggling a little bit with that. Um, Skippy Burglar, I'm not sure where you live, but I'm presuming that you've done, uh, if you did Challenge Wanaka, you probably live in New Zealand. So I'd probably say over winter, you know, maybe looking at a single discipline focus and maybe joining a running club or, or finding a running series where you can really just try to nail your running. And um, if you do, you know, just five or six rounds a week um, not just five or six rounds a week but if you run five to six times a week and, and let your cycling and um, swimming go a bit you know you can get some really good gains with your running and hopefully that would be uh, challenging and motivating for you and then my final sort of point would be to set some some goals and expectations in line with your current fitness when the time comes around to do your, your tri-season again um, not what you've sort of been able to do in the past and this is certainly something that I do a lot of because I'm just not not as fast as I used to be um, so I think just having realistic expectations otherwise every time you finish a race if you don't have the same level of fitness that you, you once had um, you'll end up disappointed, but if you try to go for some some new challenges and go for for short course stuff, then um, then hopefully that will sort of uh, balance out a little bit, and um, and you can set yourself up for for, for success off off less training volume but you know nice specific short course stuff
0: I think the other thing to as well as to do is because when you go from being long is we do get a tendency just to train at one pace and so then when you go to fast you've, you're obviously going to be including a lot more fast work and maybe intervals and, and pacing work that's more intense and, and not just to look at what the training numbers are but also to think of a number for your mind ability because you know, as John said, we we get really good at going for long periods of time. And so, you know, the idea of riding for six to eight hours, we, we know that's quite achievable, but to run fast... You know, for 20 minutes twice in a row and actually at a real high intensity, it's a different skill set. And one thing we can do with Iron Man is that we can lose that ability to train intensity hard. And so, you know, if you go from Iron Man down to shorter distances, it's to kind of do a measurement around what kind of intensity you can handle. So you might go for a 20 minute run where you're actually killing yourself. Well, where can you sit on your scale of one to 10 of intensity? Now, now you can use your heart rate monitor or your pacing to figure that out, but it's also just in your own mind. Where am I sitting within this? And then, you know, look to make steps forward in that. So Because it's a totally different beast when you're going intense, isn't it?
1: It is. But it's also you can set, um, you know, we often say it's a bit dangerous sometimes to set time goals around Ironman um, and long course stuff because conditions play such a massive part of it. Mm. When you're going short course, if you're trying to run a fast 3K time trial or an extremely fast 5K, um, unless the conditions are really terrible, you you can gauge yourself in what's, sort of progress you're making on a more regular basis you know it might be that you set yourself up a monthly 3k time trial and once a month on a certain um, you know the first Tuesday of the month or whatever you go and do the exact time trial course and you can you know set your program around trying to improve your 3k time and, and have a, a periodized plan that you're able to do that and it may be that for you if you're training over winter you might aim for a particular 10k race or a half marathon something like that and, and build a particular program to get you in shape for that
0: I think the other thing as well is that while you're trying to move towards intensity, there is a bit of a risk factor that comes with intensity as well. So just to, you know, coming from Ironman training, you're going to have a really strong body, so that's a good place to start. But at the same time, you want to make sure that if, if you increase intensity, you just don't go all out quickly. It's, you're kind of incorporated at in, in a safe level, at a safe pace.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Make speed work on the run. And, uh, yeah, two, two, generally most people handle two sessions per week of intensity and when we say intensity there's a, there's a big scale on that on that uh term so yeah two two intensity sessions a week and then there's still plenty of aerobic training and, and skill work but um yeah hopefully Skippy burglar that will that will help you head in the right direction feel free to come down to christchurch lots of running down here you go running with bevan's run group one day
0: there we go okay john's
1: rant i've got some random coaching things here as well bevan because oh, okay. uh, <laughs> i was out yeah this is this is this is what's on the show notes here i was out Went out have a ride. I've got to get a couple of long rides in before um, before I head off to Kona for the camp. And so the the Philinator and, and I were out on the bike at the weekend. I did um, just over three hours and got five hours coming up this weekend on the bike. I'm quite enjoying being back on the bike, but just a couple of random things. And this is uh, stems from some things that came out of this ride. If you're coming, really important. This this is a serious coaching tip. If you're coming down a fast. Um, descent um, and this becomes because somebody in front of me did the exact opposite really important that you get if it's a fast technical descent that you don't have your hands sitting on top of your brake hoods. If you get down onto your drops, which is, if you don't know what I mean by drops, that's sort of your bendy parts, and you're braking with your fingers um, rather than just sort of leaning forward with your your hands, you have heaps, heaps more control over your ability to brake heavily and, uh, and you're going to be a lot more balanced on your bike. So really encourage people to do that. And the two people that were in front of me going down a climb the other day that were blocking the road and blocking the cars behind us, um, frustrated me, and their hands were in those positions as well. It is a bit tricky um, for, for smaller people. If you've got really small hands, some people just aren't don't have long enough fingers or the strength in their fingers to actually do that. But most people um, should be able to do it. So, I think the thing really with that is how do you do that?
0: It's a, it's a, but it is a confidence thing to go down low. So maybe just practice mm. on you know descents that aren't so steep, so you can just get in the habit of getting in and actually getting the feel for it because it is better. But for a lot of people, it's just the fear thing, isn't it?
1: Totally. And so the other day, somebody was asking me about descending on aero bars, and like, there's not that many, not, not that many descents that you, you need to be on your aero bars. And if you're on a, a road bike with clip ons, then you're actually going to get lower and can get more aero if you go down onto your drops. Um, aero, aero bars aren't that stable. No, not on a fast descent. You know, there's very few descents I would do on my my bars. I'd just much rather get on the, the bullhorns or get on the, uh, the drops and just get nice and low, and you're, you're a lot more stable and a lot safer as well. Um, my second point, and this was like it's the same descent where these people got my way, is you don't want to be a road hog and piss off the traffic. <laughs> Because I just see it so often, and people just riding two abreast, middle of the road, there's cars up their butts, and uh, so please just keep to the left. This is a bit of come. I'm, I'm building into my rant. <laughs> okay, and, here
0: we go. Have you heard this rant
1: before? And then it's finally coming out last is if you ride without a helmet, you're an idiot. There was some couple of guys riding out the weekend without helmets and somebody backed this up on Facebook this week as well saying that they saw some guy riding a bike the other day without a helmet and then his daughter was on his shoulders without a helmet as okay, well. Okay,
0: well, definitely an idiot.
1: It is an idiot. You're an idiot if you ride without a helmet. That's it? There you go. That's, that's <laughs> it. That's Coach's Corner for this week.
0: Okay. Um, Trinity Pigs, what's well, happening with Trinity Pigs.
1: So let's changed the show notes from what you've got because we may be lining up an interview about the topic that I, that I originally oh. had in here. Um, but one thing that I've just been doing of, of late is, you know, as a coach and what i encourage athletes to do is, is always to track their training um, whether it used to be through spreadsheets but now for me it's using using training peaks and i'm finding a really effective tool with combined in with using gps these days to visually show the athletes um, how we're sort of safely managing their their running volume especially with my um some of my local elite athletes you know they're eager to do more and more um, and what we can easily do in the gra- one of the graphs one of the charts and training peaks is to be tracking their, their running volume and also their running mileage because they're all running with GPS now. And it's just you, of course you can do this using other tools, spreadsheets and stuff, but this is basically a, a two second job. You just click on the train training chart you want um, and you can you can do your run, you can do your swim volume, your run volume, your bike volume or all your volume and you can also do it by by distance as well. So I find it a really effective coaching tool and educational tool for my athletes saying, right, you know, we're trying to get up to running, you know, say for example, guys maybe a hundred and 20 kilometres a week and this is how we're going to do it and they can actually see see how they're progressing um, quite nicely and, and, and everybody learns in different ways and some people just like to see, see graphs and, and they absorb it that way so I find that a really Useful tool and a quick reference tool. So, the the charts and what have you are, are part of the added feature um, that is the premium subscription. And if you want to get that, use the code I am talk and you get a fifteen percent discount. It's hundred and nineteen dollars US for a whole year. If you take fifteen percent off that. You know, it's um it's it's like I don't know eight dollars fifty a week or something like that. So it's uh some great tools and some awesome charts in there. And that's one of the ones I've been using of late.
0: Okay, good times Website of the week I guess this is a really good one actually met the tri, the peaceful tri-ninja Sent through this one And it's it's basically what it is It's a company called Pebble And they've been bringing out a watch um, Which is, what's really good about it Is it's, it's e-ink it's or e-paper Which is, if you've got one of those Kindles Which I've got, I love my Kindle um, it's, it's basically, they use magnets basically So when you're looking at it It doesn't reflect light back at you So when you, you know so when you're reading, it looks like you ink instead of you know a screen sending light at your eyes. But these guys are developing a watch that will then sync with your phone device, either your Android phone or your iPhone, so you can use it as for a GPS when you're out training or all those types of things. For any kind of, it's basically a feedback to a watch from your phone, and it um, they went on a place called Kickstarter. Have you heard of Kickstarter? No. Okay, so is if you want to start a new business, you go to Kickstarter and then people can pledge money to your business and, you know, and then if it works, it works. But they wanted to raise $100,000 and they currently raised $9 million. <laughs>
1: That's crazy. So yeah. I think I think the key thing for me is it's basically like, a, a, you know, you, obviously you talk about having GPS in your phone, but obviously you've got to pull your phone out of your, your pocket or you've got to have it somewhere which is… Which is visible. I know you've talked about you can have it in your, your earphones as well. Mm. But what, from my understanding, from this is basically you can have your your iPhone in or whatever in, in your back pocket, and um, and it basically just transmits to your watch. So essentially, you've got yourself a, a GPS unit. Um, and I would say just, to, just to, with a just to take this with a grain of salt is that you know you. GPS watches do vary in their, their quality of, of what output they have in terms of you know yep. if you look at some of the cheaper GPS watches um, they they're, they're not as good as say say the garmin so but this here you know I'm what sure do you mean I've, what do you mean when you say that? Well, in terms of, um, I don't know whether it's a frequency that it talks to the satellites or whatever, but the Garmin is a lot more consistent and it doesn't drop out as much, where I've seen other athletes using other devices um, that, that drop out a lot more. So you, it just goes down to zero a lot more, so you're not able to get that consistent okay. data. They're still okay, but they're, they're significantly cheaper. You know, you're probably looking at New Zealand dollars, say, two hundred. 50, 300 bucks versus a Timex, which is more sort of five hundred fifty to six hundred bucks. So you get what you pay for. I haven't actually looked at what the price is on this, but it seems like a good, um, a good, useful device. I'm sure it doesn't have all the functionality of a Garmin again. Well, no, that's
0: set- where I think that something like this could be actually better than a Garmin long term, because basically. You know, I I shouldn't say that because I don't know much about the government, but the interesting thing about this is that you can develop apps for your phone. So, you know, like if you look at the iPhone store, they've got millions of different apps. And so if the phone is, I mean, if the watch is just a device that's reading off the phone, well, then, Mm. you know, what they can do with that could be pretty massive. Mm. You know what I I mean?
1: Yeah, I think it's um, again you've got to carry carry your iPhone around with you I think it's just it just it looks to me we haven't tried it but it looks like it could be a, um, a useful device for yeah people. it definitely does um, and it, 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 the, the article is actually on um, a blog site. it's called blog.runkeeper.com which looks like a um, fairly useful', uh, useful running blog running blog for people that well, runkeeper is
0: actually the app it's a running app
1: oh
0: yeah okay. yeah i use it it's really good but the other thing that's where the e-ink's really good because e-ink is a screen so they've got examples of when it's on the bike and you can see you know when you're on the bike you know if, <coughs> if you can't see the screen when you're out riding that's going to be a pain in the butt so that's where it's quite a nifty idea as well
1: exactly mm. um and we've got two websites this week the other one is uh racergirl.com and, and this was originally sent through from neil skulls and it's um Melanie McQuaid, she's a uh, an exterior athlete, and what she's doing is, is she's doing some cool video stuff on this on on her site. So it's racergirl.com and she did have a um, a really cool clip called "Shit Triathletes Say." It's a, it, it is it's, good. It's a whole bunch of sort of things, just uh, taking the piss out of triathletes, and uh, but also I, that link that I've. Got there, Bevan is actually doesn't seem to work as a dead link, but the, the, it's still up on um, on uh, on YouTube. If you go to racergirl.com, okay. but she's also she's she's just being nice and unique about her approach to, to getting people to her site. You know, I just went on there and she's got some cooking demonstrations this week. So she looks like she's doing a whole variety of things. I just think it's a really smart way to to get people to your site and um, to to look after your sponsors. And she's a she's a top. Top um, exterior racer as it is, but she's just thinking outside the square in terms of how she can generate more coverage for herself, more coverage for her sponsors, and um, yeah, not just not just having her performances do the talking. And um, I just think it's a, it's a great thing to do, and um, setting herself up nicely, I think.
0: Nice, good work. Okay, sponsor Extreme Endurance.
1: Endurance. Last week we had the taste test with uh, with Execute Bevan and the in studio taste test with Execute. And uh, if you want to get yourself some Execute, it's uh, thirty nine ninety five if you use the code I am talking. It discount off that, and it's uh, going to kickstart your training. It's fuel and rebuild lactate to fuel your muscles, protein to rebuild your muscles. It's got twenty grams of protein, providing superior availability and fifteen milligrams. Of lactate, lowers exercise induced body acid, greater muscle recovery and repair, provides continuing energy support and decreases muscle burn. And um I think one of the themes uh, that is constantly coming through from our sponsors is uh, is the feedback they gave to li- give to listeners. And I'll talk about this particular topic next week. But we had a listener um, email in this week just asking a question about um, extreme endurance. We forwarded that on to Sandy, and he basically replied pretty much straight away answering that. And I'll, I'll bring up the topic next week. Um, but I just think that's one of the key things is if you've got any questions about extreme endurance or um, execute or, or any of the other products or shipping or anything just go onto the website and just pop them a question and they generally get back to you really quickly if you're trying to ship to New Zealand or Australia and you're, and you're not quite sure how it all sort of works um, or if you live in the UAE or something like that then just just pop them an email and they'll get back to you and tell you whether it's possible or not.
0: Nice, love your work. It's okay.
1: insurance.com.
0: Yeah, and it tastes good too, so that's you what know, we want. Okay, questions and I have got one here that I chucked in here. I got some feedback from uh, Lee. I didn't get Lee's last name, but he was basically saying that they did a TT start at Louisville in 2011, and he was just saying there was a bit of a pain waiting in line. He was just kind of showing the other side of TT starts because we've been talking a little mm. bit around bigger fields. Excuse me, I need to cough. <coughs> Excuse me. And he's saying basically – Um, It was a bit of a pain waiting at the start line for a couple of hours before the start, but uh, the line moved pretty quick. Uh, But I found I could not get into a good draft group, so I swam 3.8 by himself. So that's definitely a disadvantage. Um, Before being able to get into a good draft going, it was good to get on the bike as people passed you on the first lap and you knew you had lots of time on them, but it did mean that there were no groups to ride with and you had to TT the whole ride. Which is, yep, fair, and then he's Good. kind of, yeah, exactly, you kind of think that's what 9man's meant to be about, um, and he found the run, it was a little bit demotivating because you didn't know where the people were around you in your age group, so where maybe he would have pushed a little bit harder, um, you know, you, you don't really do that because you don't really know, and he said if you miss out from Kona for a couple of minutes, well, you know, some of that stuff is, you know, so he's kind of saying the, the start of the swim, no draft in the swim was a disadvantage lacked a bit of mojo on the run and, and obviously having no people to ride with on the right was a bit frustrating as well
1: so, so what, so what, what I, in Louisville um, I think is a, is a TT start like that each year but it seems to be a bit unorganised chaos you basically just go and get in a line and you you get in the water when you do and you can choose to start right at the front or you can choose to start right at the back so I think if that was a bit organised um, and that I don't know when I when I look at that website, it doesn't seem to be marketed as a uh, as a TT start, and it's a pretty significant thing if you're not going to have a mass start. If you if you're new to the sport and you just sign up, and um, if they don't really publicise that, so I think it's um it's a unique thing, and and I'd see it as a as a unique challenge as well. Mm, definitely. Um... We've got uh, – I'm liking it when people post fa- um, pictures up on Facebook. Danny McPhee posted up a picture there the other day of um, him or somebody wearing a Iron Talk bike jersey. And it looked like they were biking up to the Buddha in Hong Kong, which is a it's a seriously good, pretty solid climb up on Lantau Island. So keep the photos coming in, people. And one other thing, um, our Legends of Triathlon podcast um, went up last week. The Blue 70 gear, when I last checked, there wasn't even any bids on that. So people – Get on it. You got yourself a Blue 70 race suit and a pair of Blue 70 swimwear for $150 US. Great way to get some awesome gear at a wicked price and also supporting the Legends of Triathon podcast. Yeah,
0: and also just um, check out that show. Mike Pig's interview was really, really great. We've got some good feedback on it. So if you haven't checked it out, go to legendsoftriathlon.com.
1: Nicknames, Bevan. I, I, I did you a favor. Yeah, I saw that. I've done, I was I've done, loving done it. all the nicknames this week. But I, I did use the slightly cheats method. I was going on using one of those generators, just trying to find the right. So when I need a bit of help, I went to a generator, and I've got I've got some good ones. Okay, give me some. Stuart, the compass more.
0: Tell me about it. Because he just he, he knows
1: the direction he's going
0: nice. in. Nice, he's going. always going north. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: Jennifer, snooper Moore. Nice. I think they. Are they, are they, are they... I don't know. They, they must have come in, the donations the, the, the must have come in pretty, pretty close together, but I'm not sure if they're a couple. But she snoops around and, and she's just waiting. She's, <laughs> she, she's waiting and she snoops around and when the time is ready, she just crushes everybody. <laughs> okay. Lee Spooner. Um, Lee Spooner, 20 eyes. No, Lee, Lee Spore. Lee 20 eyes spore. Okay. And, and when you're racing Lee, he's he's always got his eye on you. He's looking forward, he's looking sideways, looking behind, so you're never going to get away from him. He's, he's a tough racer.
0: Okay. Do you got Danny McPhee? Where you got the Daniel McPhee? Danny,
1: Danny McPhee, honky tonk.
0: <laughs> because nice. I was
1: just talking about uh, him racing, him, him, I think he lives in Hong Kong, so I was trying to get some sort of Hong Kong sort of, uh, sort of theme in there, so I sort of went honky tonk so there you go Danny Fee honky tonk Christopher Leonik Crazy Frog he's donated again which we love Torsten you came up with this one a while ago but he's donated the show
0: and he loves it it's the geek he loves being the geek so love that nice
1: Peter Rootin' Tootin' Mills. <laughs> I do like that one. <laughs> there you go. Um, like this is a great one. Carolyn Barron sent, uh, sent us through a donation and because uh, she said her husband, Randy, is turning 42. And he, she said he's an awesome supporter of what she does and he's always out there helping her, stoked for her to be involved in the sport and uh, loves, I think she signed up for maybe Texas. I remember yep. she was saying a, an Ironman that she signed up for. So I thought Carolyn, three legs Baron. Because she's always got Randy there as a sort of third leg to keep her smoking along when she's racing. But John,
0: she did ask for us to give him the nickname. So I'm gonna Ram- give her, I'm gonna give him a nickname. Okay. Randy, Mr. Lover Lover. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Um Stuart, Age of Danger, Milne. That's a he's d- donated again, which I liked. Um Mark, the Jackhammer, nice Lampede. Nice, that's good. Nice. And um Ken. Porky Pine Moretti. <laughs> I'm sure he's going he's, to love that one. <laughs> he's sticky, you know, you know he's going he's to mess with you. If you go near him in a race, he's going to mess with you. Okay, so there we go. Good. All those donations basically going to our, our Kona fund to get Bevan and I over to Kona. Um, we're doing it, um, but we don't have a plethora <laughs> of sponsors to help us out with, uh, with the trip, so any help you listeners can give us to get us over there it would be awesome, and we'll do a, a top-notch job when we get there. Okay. Um, Sponsor, Coffees of Hawaii. If you're loving your coffee, but you want to have your late-night coffee and you don't want to stay awake all night, you've got the island-style Molokai decaf. So decaf, you're going to get the flavor, but you're not going to get the caffeine that's going to keep you Awake all the flavour and value of our regular island style Molokai coffee without the caffeine. So you get a seven seven ounce bag for seven bucks. You get a two pound bag for twenty seven bucks. Or you get a five pound bag for fifty nine ninety five. But if you use your code um, I am talk, you get a nice discount off that, and they will ship that. Anywhere in the world. And if again, if you've got any questions about what coffee's best or any shipping questions or anything like that, just get onto Coffees of Why, pop them an email, and they'll get back to you in no time.
0: Okay, John, this week's coffee fact. Yes? Coffee might cut pain, John. Moderate doses of caffeine, the equivalent to two cups of coffee, can cut post-gym muscle pain. A small study has found, but the research uh, was done on people who do not regularly drink coffee. So that (laughs) may not be such a good fact after all
1: there you go. <laughs> so, have we just got the one fact this week or are you going to hit us with multiple oh I can, I can, wait a second
0: ok, decaffeinated coffee uses chemicals, beans are steamed so that dissolves caffeine rises to the surface where it washes off using organic solvent called um, methylene chloride so, there you go
1: there you go, that's so how your decaf's mate.
0: there you go, so you we're know, just full of facts this week John
1: uh, full of facts we're not full of a lot, of, whole lot of news and content this week but we're full of facts
0: yep that's all good so Coffees of Hawaii so sponsors are
1: Athlinks.com
0: uh, get on it get your race results up tell everyone how great you are extreme endurance uh, get that tasty drink oh it's so good and Coffees of Hawaii and I'll have another fact for you next week okay John what you got
1: what is my gosh? I'm, uh, I've lined up our next Legends of Triathlon podcast. So we're cool. going to be recording recording next Monday. So we've got a female Australian um, coming on the show for that one. So it's going to be all good. Lining up another interview, um, hopefully next week or maybe the week after. Around. Uh, around sort of the um, officials from, from Ironman. So we're gonna have one of the officials on from there talking about like a couple of weeks ago we we talked about, you know, how to get yourself out of a potential drafting situation. We're gonna get the uh, the the inside word from from officials on that. And uh, so that Bevan, um, just cruising really. What about yourself? You're up in Auckland.
0: I'm up in Auckland. I'm doing the filming for Body Attack, and I've ripped the shit out of my calf.
1: <laughs> so. Great.
0: I know, and I've got to, I have to do it. I've got to get this done. So I'm, I've got four classes to get through, and each class just gets a little bit worse. I'm not going to be doing much impact for the next kind of three or four weeks afterwards, but I've just got to survive the week. I'm not in my happy place, I tell you. Nice. But other than that, just up here, and yeah, it's all good. I've been reading The Hunger Games, I'm really enjoying it. What's The Hunger Games about? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty popular book right now for kids, but it's um basically these kids all get chucked in this kind of war games and they have to kill each other. This last person survives kind of thing. It's pretty good. Check it yeah. out.
1: And I'm, I must be one of the few people that haven't seen Avengers. You were talking about the Avengers last week and I see it's, it's setting all these sorts of records.
0: Yeah, man, 200 million or something the first weekend in America. So, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's it's popcorn, you'd say, but it, it does its job well.
1: You know, it's good. That's the story. So... Um, <laughs> Another riveting show of Iron Talk. Yeah, it's probably Done not as sharp So
0: I've tried not to talk at all because I know I'm so echoey, so I hope that wasn't too bad. But we'll be back in the studio the next week, guys. So we'll see you next week with the studio and uh, rock and roll. What is it, John? Iron Russ. Iron Man don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia ka. Bit of reverb. It's all good.